Welcome to all those joining us for the Shir and Chaim Oharan. We're continuing in this section entitled Mailas Hamiskarven Love, the great benefit of those who come close to the Tzaddik. We're up to paragraph 316, Shin Tezayin. Rab Nosenzal writes that Rabbeinazal once reprimanded one of his followers who hadn't come to him for several years. And Rabbein quoted the Gemara in Shabbos. The Gemara there is based on the final words in Kohelis, the great wisdom of Shlomo Melech. And the, the Pasuk there concludes, Kizeh kol ha'odom, because this is what all of mankind is all about. And the Gemara in Shabbos, page 30 says, the entire world was created to be attached to this one. The term letzavos has several meanings. So Rabbi Nezal said, every single person has to want to contribute, to give something to this tzaddik, to be attached to this tzaddik somehow. There are those who become attached through their prayer by joining their prayers with the prayer of the tzaddik. There are those that join the tzaddik through their yirashamayim, through their respect and love for Hashem, again, in connection with the tzaddik. And by doing this, they give strength and support to the tzaddik. There are those who give money to support the tzaddik and help him in other similar ways. What each and every single person does, any act of, of serving Hashem, by which they become connected and attached and supportive to the tzaddik. But Rabbi Nezal said, based on what I see, you're not really needed in the world at all, because you're not contributing in any way to this. And here again, Rabbi Nezal was reprimanding this person especially because he had been connected. He had been connected to Rabbi Nezal, and he let that connection go. Rabbi Nezal once made a statement that a person who has a, an, a solid connection to a tzaddik and then leaves is worse in some ways than a person who converts out of the religion. It's not a simple thing when a person is connected to a tzaddik, has a kesher to a tzaddik, and they leave. Unless, if it's the, in the process of searching, a person is searching for the rabbi that's best suited for them, and in that search, a person finds a rabbi, they spend a period of time by that rabbi, and then they feel that it's not enough, they think they could do better, and they searching with honesty, with honesty and sincerity, there a person is allowed to do that. But a person just decides one day that... Uh, to take a vacation and to leave a tzaddik, there's, a, there's very, very serious consequences for that. The next paragraph, Shin Yud Zayim 317, <coughs> Rav Nassim says, I heard it told over in the name of Rabbi Nezal that he said that there are messengers going from one to the other, passing on messages from one to the other until it reaches the tzaddik, until the tzaddik receives 
the information that he needs. And he went on to say, all the trees, all the plants, all the vegetation, and everything in the world, from all of them, there are messengers sent from one to the next one, and from that one to the next one, until it reaches the ears of the true tzaddik, and the tzaddik receives this and understands things that will advise him and guide him in serving Hashem. And this is also what's meant by the Gemara when the Gemara says, Kol ha'olam elo The entire world was created only This term litzavos has multiple meanings in Hebrew. We mentioned one meaning before, to be attached to. Mitzvah means chibur, attachment. The word litzavos also means to instruct, to guide. Rabbi Nezal said this means receiving advice, because we know the Zohar Kodesh refers to the 613 mitzvahs of the Torah as 613 pieces of advice. And Rabbi Nezal went on to say, all of this is regarding giving the tzaddik advice to help him in coming close to Hashem. However, the actual serving Hashem that a true tzaddik does, that's way above all of this. And that's something that's very hidden, that we and all of creation don't really have any idea about it. And even angels, even the highest level angels, Saraf, don't know, don't understand how the tzaddik serves Hashem. Only Hashem himself. We know that in the Zohar Kodesh, there's a place where the Zohar Kodesh says, Rabbi Shunam Barichoyzal heard his name being called without any title. And Rabbi Shimon Bar said, I know that this could not possibly be any angel or anything else. This could only be Hashem himself who would be referring to me that way. And Rabbi Nezal went on to say, all of this, all of these messages and all of these connections of all of creation connecting to the tzaddik all of this is based on the fact that the tzaddik is living in this world, meaning he's in a physical body. But as far as the neshama of the tzaddik, that is something else completely, way, way above anything in this world. And Rav Nosanzal goes on to say that regarding this conversation, there are other wondrous things that, that are not written here. I remember hearing a shir once from my Rebbe, Rav Rosenfeld, Zechren of Rocha, on Lag Boimer, I believe it was. And he was speaking about Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechoizal and his students. And he mentioned that in the Zohar Kodesh it says that Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechoizal said to his students, Rabbi Elazar and Rabbi Abba. Rabbi Elazar was his son and one of his closest students, and Rabbi Abba was the closest one among the students. And Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechoizal said to them, that in the future, when they leave this world, they are going to become angels, actual angels. So the Mephoshim and the Zohar Kodesh ask, one minute, I thought Sadiqim are higher than angels. And the answer that's given is, of course, the Neshama of a Tzaddik is much higher than an angel. He was referring to their body, that the bodies of these great Sadiqim would be elevated to the status of angels, heavenly divine angels.
Any questions, please? Rav Nassim, on the subject of connecting with uh, a topic, for instance, Rabbeinazel, we know that on the yard site you can recite a tale on Gitzer, charity, Torah, etc. But is it effective or efficacious to just say some? Say, say some to him and dedicate them to, to Rebbein on, on, on a daily basis. Does that affect the Keshver? Most definitely. Any mitzvah that a person does and has in mind that I want to, connect, to attach myself with my mitzvah to a tzaddik definitely has that effect. We know there's a custom in Breslov before davening to say, Hareini Mekashiratzmi, I'm hereby attaching myself to all of the true tzaddikim in the world and all the true tzaddikim who have already passed away and especially to my rabbi, Rabbi Nezal, Rabbi Nachman ben Feda, and there are those that do that in the morning once a day and have in mind that that should not just go on my shachris but that should go on all of my Torah and tefillah and mitzvahs that I'm doing throughout the entire day I want it to be with my connection, with my attachment to the tzaddikim, and especially to my rabbi. Thank you. One more question, if I could. You mentioned elsewhere that being by Rabbeinazel now in Uman, or not just for Rosh Hashanah, that for Shabbos is the equivalent of seven fasts. The fast lasts from Shabbos to Shabbos, I believe. Is it possible to do that in another way not physically in Uman. For instance, from the moment the Shabbos begins to the moment it ends, having Rabbeinu Zdal's teachings in mind somehow, some way. The answer is it sounds very, very special, but I don't know if it would have the same effect. We're going to see soon that this issue of traveling to a tzaddik is something very, very big. We know that Rav Nassim Zal writes in Likutei Alochis, that in the Torah, in the five Chumashim, there are many very, very important events. There's the creation of the world, which is something very, very special, which we read on Simchas Torah in the morning. There's the Shiras Hazinu. There's the Aseris Hadibrois, the Ten Commandments. There's the Shiras Hayam, the special song that the Jews sang when they were crossing the Red Sea. All of these are very special. And yet, none of them is considered to be an, a separate Chumash. The only thing in the Torah that's considered a separate Chumash is the three or four lines where it speaks about the travels of the Jewish people. Vayihi ben Soya and I believe it's in Parshas Bahaloischa, if I'm not mistaken. Those two or three psukim, Vayihi ben Soya Haron, Vayihi where it speaks about the travels of the Jewish people in the desert, that has these upside-down nuns in front and in back of them, and that's considered like an independent Chumash. And Rav Nassim Salmi goes into at length in explaining the incredible significance of traveling, traveling with the Torah, traveling to a tzaddik, that, that that's something very unique. So here the concept of traveling and coming to the tzaddik and spending a Shabbos with the tzaddik, that's something that Rabbeinazal puts such a high, high, high level on. 
But of course, Thank you. And, of course. And when you say when you say the phrase separate chumash, can you what does that mean? Sure. There's a pasuk chutzva amudeha shiva that Hashem carved out the seven pillars of the Torah, referring to seven chumashim. Now, most people will ask anybody, how many chumashim are there in the Torah? They'll tell you there's five. Bereshis, Shmois, Vayikro, Bamidbar, Dvorim. But it's brought, I believe, the Medrash or the Gemara says on that Pasuk that the seven pillars are Bereshis, Shmois, Vayikro, and Bamidbar is considered like three chumashim, meaning the part of Bamidbar up until those three or four sentences then those three and four sentences are considered an individual, a separate Chumash, and then the part afterwards. So Bamidbar is considered like three books, and then Dvarim is number seven. Thank you. Sure. Paragraph 318, Rabbein said that for a person to, when, when a person is first coming to me and coming close to me, that's something very difficult. And Rabbi Nezal said, even my own children, even for them. And he said, is there anybody closer than a person's own children? And he said, even they, whenever they want to come in to see me, to speak to me about something or something like that, there are many bilbulim, there's many things, obstacles, and different thoughts that, that try to block them and make it difficult for them to be able to come in to see me. And Rabbi Nezal said, especially when a person's making a new beginning, a fresh start, and whenever it's a, it's a fresh start, then it's especially difficult to come close. And then Rabbi Nezal said, but afterwards, you know, afterwards it gets easier. Afterwards things flow. However, in the beginning, whenever there's a, a beginning taking place, then it must be difficult, difficult to come and to be able to come close. And again, this is something that we're being told to be aware of, so that if a person finds it difficult to know that that's normal, and to know, to get up the, the energy and the, the asas digdusha, the, the guts, to, to overcome the obstacles and do whatever is necessary to come close to the tzaddik. Whether it means coming to speak to a tzaddik, whether it means coming to join the kibbutz, the shul of a tzaddik, or any gathering like that. The next paragraph Shinyutes 319, a one-line statement, and yet a very powerful statement. Rabbi Nezal said to one of his followers, I am going to make you into groups, groups and groups, implying that Rabbi Nezal's followers would not be cookie-cutter. They wouldn't all be the same. They would be different, and yet they could all be under this umbrella of being followers of Rabbi Nezal. And I've, I've mentioned this many times, that we have the concept of a bouquet of flowers. A flower is a beautiful thing. A gorgeous red or pink or white rose is beautiful. And then you have other pretty flowers, each one on its own. 
you could look at it and, and really enjoy and be impressed with its beauty, but you can't compare it to when a person, a florist, a real professional florist, who knows how to put together a bouquet and take different flowers, all kinds of different flowers, and bring them together in one bunch, in one beautiful bunch, where the, the combination, the joining together of all of these different flowers and different colors is, is more, much more powerful than the simple addition. Let's say if he joins together 20 flowers, it's not just 20 times as beautiful as any one of them. It could be 2,000 times as beautiful for one who could appreciate the beauty. The same thing is in music, an orchestra, an individual instrument. If a person knows how to play an instrument well and properly, an instrument could sound beautiful. But then, a pro, when you put together an orchestra, a real professional orchestra, that's a combination of a variety of 20 different instruments harmonizing and blending, joining together, that's something completely, completely different. And we know that when the Torah describes the Jewish nation, the Pesach says, Yisrael asher becho espoer, the Jewish nation in whom I take pride. The word espoir means pride, but the word tiferes in Sifrei Kabbalah and Hasidus always means a combination of different colors. Chesed is on the right side, Gevura is on the left, tiferes is the combination of both. It's called a klolius hagavnen, a combination multicolored. That's the beauty of Klal Yisrael, and Rabbeinu Zal said, that his followers will be, in, among his followers, there'll be these groups, individual groups. On one hand, it would seem as if it would be so much nicer and so much better if everyone were completely together, but it seems that that won't, won't be the case un until Mashiach comes. For now, the, the important thing is for a person to find their place, to know which group they, they feel could help them the most in their relationship with Hashem, and at the same time to be extremely careful not to look negatively at any different group, to be able to understand that again, an orchestra is not 30 drums playing together, or 30 guitars playing together, an orchestra is instruments that could appear to be totally different. They don't resemble, com, try to compare a drum and a flute and, and give me a list of all the things they have in common. And yet, put together, joined together properly in a song, in a professional band or orchestra, they could complement, they could enhance each other beautifully. Any questions? Paragraph 320, Rabbi Nassau said, anyone who will really listen to me and fulfill and do exactly what I tell them to do will definitely become a great tzaddik, no matter what, no matter what difficulties and obstacles they have. The most important thing is for a person to be able put us, to put aside their own way of thinking and be, be willing 
to fulfill exactly what Rabbi Nezal says to be able to do it just in that manner. And that was when Rabbi Nezal spoke about something that appears in Likut Imran, chapter 123, where it speaks about the Jewish nation when they received the Torah on Har Sinai, the, the Pasuk says in Shiraz Hazinu, Am Novol Veloy Chacham, that we were a nation and we were not smart. And the Targum on that sentence says, Amo de Kabilu Oiraisa Veloy Chakimu, a nation who accepted, received, and accepted the Torah and they weren't smart. And Rabbi Nisla explains there, what does that mean? It means they didn't try to use their own smarts. They were able to put aside their own thinking and be able to accept with simplicity, with sincerity, the guidance of Hashem, the guidance of the Torah. Rabbi Nisla added, probably a person who can learn more could be better at this. The more a person learns, the better they could become at this in terms of becoming this tzaddik that Rabbi Nezal wants to make his followers into. Now many people will hear this and they'll think, does that mean Rabbi Nezal wants us to be robots? That, again, cookie cutter? And the answer is definitely not. Definitely not. But it means for a person not to use their own ideas to alter, to change or modify the, the instructions, the guidance given by a tzaddik, that, that it's extremely important for a person to have the ability to, to be able to hear what a tzaddik's instructions are and to be able to carry them out the way they heard it, to be able to know how to apply it to themselves but and not include any contradicting ideas that they have on their own, any ideas that they, they're coming to the table with, things that they've thought of on their own, or they read in a book, or they thought they heard that kind of thing, to be able to, 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 to accept the guidance and the direction and the instruction of the tzaddik with simplicity. We know that Rav Nassanzal, Rav Nassanzal's closest student, was the one who was to be able to, to do this to the highest degree. Rav Nassanzal said, when I came to my Rebbe Rav Nassal, I put everything else aside. Rabbeinazal gave me one piece of knowledge. I now have one, one piece of knowledge in my library. I heard a second thing, I have a second thing. This didn't mean that he ignored the Chumash, the Gemara, the Navi, the Shulchan Aruch that he learned, but it meant in terms of guidance and direction and advice, he understood not to let any of his own ideas conflict and contradict the guidance that he was being given by Rabbeinazal. The next paragraph, 321, Rabbeinazal said, I have mazel, I have good fortune that people listen to me to what I, what I tell them to do. And Rabbeinazal said, there were several of my followers that asked me to give them specific instructions as to exactly what they need for the tikkun of their neshama. And there were certain times, there was a certain time in Rabbeinazal's life where he did do this, where Rabbeinazal specified for specific students 
on a particular Rosh Hashanah, what fast days each and every individual student should fast, in addition to the fasts that the, the rabbis have given us in the Gemara and the Shulchan Aruch. And that was for a certain period of time, but when Rabbi Nassau came back from Lemberg, towards the end of his life, Rabbi Nassau canceled that, and he said, for those people who are not close to me, then these fasts won't, won't have any really effect on them. And those who are close to me, they don't need these fasts. That's just an example. We know Rabbi Nassau at one point, when Rabbi Nassau first came to him, Rabbi Nassau told Rabbi Nassau that one of the things he wants him to do on a daily basis is to learn 18 chapters of Mishnayis. Now, for Rabbi Nassau, this, was, this could have appeared like a step down. Rabbi Nassau was way beyond learning Mishnayis. He, had, he, he was very knowledgeable in Shas, Bavli, Yerushalmi, Shulchan Aruch, so this would seem as, like, as if it were a demotion for him. And yet Rav Nassim understood that if Rabbi Nassim is telling me to do this, then this is something that my neshama needs now. There were different times where Rabbi Nassim gave him different instructions. There was a time Rabbi Nassim told Rav Nassim he wants him to complete the four Shulchan Aruchs in one year. And Rav Nassim writes that he was able to get through half of it, and then there were tremendous obstacles blocking him, and he didn't get to pick it up until a while later. And then, at a certain point in time, Rabbi Nassau told Rabbi Nassau to start learning Kabbalah. He gave him specific individual advice to him and to some of the other students as to what they should do. The next paragraph, 322, Rabbi said to one of his followers who was speaking to him about serving Hashem, Rabbi Nezal said, All day I yearn and I, I hope <clears throat> and I pray and I wait that Hashem should give me the privilege to be able to see in you, my students, to see what I want to see, that you should be able to serve Hashem properly the way I would like you to. And I'm, I'm hoping always and I'm confident that with Hashem's help, I'm going to see it that you are going to get there. And not just, this just doesn't just apply to the people who are close to me, but even a person who comes close to one of my followers, and even a person who even has the slightest contact with any one of my followers, will definitely become truly religious. Rabbi Nezah was implying that the, the light that he was giving the, the respect for Hashem and the love for Hashem that he was imbuing into his students and followers was so powerful that even a person who would have slight contact with one of his students, it would affect them for the rest of their lives. And Rabbi Nezal said, not only will the person become religious, but the person can become a great tzaddik, no matter who they are, if they're zeichet to come close to my followers, to my students. And Rav Nassar said, I heard that Rav Nassar once made the following statement, I've already looked at each and every single one of my followers separately, 
And I hope to Hashem that I'm going to be successful in getting to see each and every single one of you get to where I want you to get to. And then Rabbi Nezal also said, <clears throat> I have completed and I will complete. Meaning he was very confident that Hashem would help him to succeed in accomplishing the goals that he wanted to accomplish. Any questions? Three hundred and twenty-three. Rabbi Nassau was once speaking to us. Rabbi Nassau writes, and Rabbi Nassau was expressing how amazed he was that we are privileged to hear such incredible, high-level, and awesome Torah from him. That how is it that people like his students are are privileged to be able to hear such incredible, high-level Torah? And then Rabbi Nassau commented, however, we know the Gemara says that whenever ten Jews get together, the Shekhinah is present, the divine spirit of Hashem is present. So again, the fact that there are a group of people getting together to hear the words of a tzaddik, even if they are not necessarily on the highest level, they have the ability to draw from the tzaddik Torah on a very, very high level. Rav Nassim says, I heard that Rav once said to someone that when I started coming close to him, Rav said, this is a very difficult project because he's a Baal Machshava, because Rav was a deep thinker and his mind went from one thing to the next. And we know that the Rambam writes in Hilchas Tshuva that that's one of the problems that could make it difficult for a person to do real tshuva. But Rabbi Nezal said, but despite this, I'm going to try. I'm going to try to be successful with him. And we know that Rabbi Nezal Baruch Hashem was very successful with Rabbi Nezal, with, with taking away from him, the, removing from him the obstacles and enabling him to soar, to reach incredible heights that we see in his forum, in Rav Nassanzal's forum, the Likutei Alochais, the Likutei Tfilois, and all of the Torah of Rav Nassanzal, that Rav Nassanzal was the one to write, and, and, and we see the effects of what Rav Nassanzal did mm-hmm. hundreds of years later, that his students made more students and more students until today, Baruch Hashem. Rav Nosenzal writes that one of Rabbi Nosenzal's students, Rabbi Yitzchak, from the city of Trovitza, told him that Rabbi Nosenzal once said to Rabbi Yitzchak that regarding the ability to give over Torah, Rabbi Nosenzal is a chad bedora. He's like one in the generation. And Rabbi Yitzchak asked him, what about... And in some versions of Chaim Aran, it doesn't say it leaves out the next word. What about implying someone? I saw that in one of the versions of Chaim Aran, it says, what about Horav? What about the rabbi? And I believe that that's referring to the Balatanya, 
who was known to be a giant, an incredible giant in, in Torah, where, where Rabbi Nezal himself told Rabbi Nezal that the Balatanya once gave a shir, and one of his students wrote Torah for eight years just based on that one shir that he heard from his Rebbe. So Rabbi Yitzchak asked Rabbi Nezal, but what about the Rav? And Rabbi Nezal responded, but, but does he have our hakdomos? Does he have our introductions? Meaning, Rabbi Nezal once made a statement that all of my Torah is hakdomos. All of my Torah is introductions. Meaning that when a person learns Rabbi Nezal's Torah properly, they can use it as a springboard to bring forth new ideas and more new ideas and more new ideas coming from there, as we see in the Likutei Alochis. We know that Rav Nosanzal wrote 4,000 pages, and that's not, we're missing a lot of it. We're missing a lot of the Likutei Alochis that got lost during the Machlekes on Rav Nosanzal's Likutei Maran, on Rav Nosanzal's Sipurim Isis, meaning he took Rav Nosanzal's Shurim and expanded them and, and revealed such incredible chidushim using Rabbi Nezal's insights, using Rabbi Nezal's teachings as an overlay on the Shulchan Aruch, just on that alone. Rabbi Nezal once made a comment that if he were to write on the topic of Shalom Bayis, he would have to write a whole new series of Sforim, meaning he had so much to say about this. The next paragraph, 325, Rav Nosanzal says, When I asked Rav Nosanzal, should I speak to people about Yiddishkeit? Rav Nosanzal said, yes. So I asked him, but I don't really know what the other person is going through necessarily. So how do I know exactly what to talk to them about? So Rav Nosanzal said, you don't have to know. So I asked him, then, then what does it help him? If I don't know exactly what the person's going through, how, how can I help him by just giving him a Dvar Torah? And Rabbi Nezal's response was, what does that have to do with you? Implying, so Rabbi Nezal, Rabbi Nezal said, but I, I don't know what the person's going through. Rabbi Nezal said, you don't have to know. So I asked him, then, then, then how am I helping him? Rabbi Nezal said again, that has nothing to do with you. And, and Rabbi Nezal says, I understood that Rabbi Nezal was implying that if you will speak, you'll accomplish. Meaning Rabbi Nezal understood that Rabbi Nezal was qualified, that he understood people well enough, and he had the proper character traits and the proper wisdom and knowledge and Yerushalayim and humility, that if he would talk to a person, it would be beneficial, even if he didn't know everything about that person. And we know that there was once an occasion, at one point in Rabbi Nezal's life, Rabbi Nezal allowed his students to do vidui dvorim, to confess to Hashem in Rabbi Nezal's presence on Erev Rosh Hashanah, and then Rabbi Nezal stopped it. And then at one point, one of his students wanted to speak to him, and he said to the student, 
speak to Rav Nosenzal, but don't go into detail. You don't have to tell him details of, of a specific sin or anything like that. Speak to him about the issues you're having, and he'll be able to, to advise you and guide you. Shin Chavav, 326. Rabbeinu Zal once said to Rabbeinu Zal, Ashtik oil malchus voil derecheretz habachshoim fundir avekenumim. I was successful in removing from you a, a, a portion of the yoke of, of government and the yoke of materialistic life. Rabbeinu Zal also told me you, I already took you out of this world, meaning I've, I've elevated you to a point where you're not weighed down by the materialism of the world. We know the Mishnah says in Pirkei Ovois that a person who accepts upon himself the authority of Hashem a person who accepts upon himself the oil malchus shamayim, then Hashem removes from that person the oil malchus and the oil derecheretz. Hashem removes from that person all kinds of materialistic problems and issues and all kinds of governmental problems and issues, meaning a person who makes a decision to really devote themselves completely and with real honesty and sincerity to serving Hashem, Hashem will make sure that the obstacles from those other issues will not be able to, to be in the person's way. Shin Chav Zayin, 327. Rabbein said <clears throat> that there are going to be many stories about my students, my followers. And from each and every single one of them, there'll be many stories to tell. Shin Chavches, 328. Rav Nosan says, when I was living in Nemerov, <coughs> which is about 18 kilometers <coughs> from Breslov, where Rav Enizal lived at the time, and I would travel to Rav Enizal, one time I heard it said over in the name of Rav Enizal, that Rav Enizal was upset about people traveling to him <coughs> with horse and buggy, and not walking, not coming to him on foot. And Rav Nosanzal says, I took this to heart, I took this very seriously, because I, I understood that that's definitely the right way and the better way to go to Rav Enizal, to go on foot. And I yearned to be Zecher to do this. And sure enough, Hashem worked out circumstances that I was privileged to do this three times. And Rav Nosanzal says, these three times I benefited tremendously as I know, I know in a very clear way the incredible benefit that I had because I walked those three times. <clears throat> because, and had I not been willing to walk those three times, 
I wouldn't have arrived, I wouldn't have come to him. Meaning there were some kind of circumstances where the option of going by horse and wagon wasn't available and had Rav Nassim not had the determination that nothing's going to stand in my way. I'm not lazy in any way. If I have to walk there, I'll walk there. That's what made ensure that he was he was zeicher to get there. And Rav Nassim says, Boruch hatoiv v'hametiv l'oroim v'latoivim. Blessed is Hashem, who who is good, and who who does good for those who are good and those who are bad. That we were zeicher to this. That I was zeicher these three times to walk to Rav that distance. And Rav Nassim writes. The, the profit that I got, especially from those three times, a little bit, I understand. Because I remember clearly everything that I heard those three times. And, and more than that, <clears throat> what I'll be zeichet to understand in the future from what I heard. And he writes, so too my close friend Rav Naftali also walked to Rabbeinazal because he heard he heard that Rabbeinazal spoke about this. And there were other students. <clears throat> Among them there were some that were very poor, that walked many times great distances. And Rabbeinazal says, Ashrehem, Ashrei Chelkom, how fortunate, how privileged they were. But Rabbeinazal points out, we, Rabbeinaftali Zal and I, we, we had money, we were able to afford to hire a wagon, because our families, we came from wealthy families. However, because of the deep yearning that we had, Hashem worked it out that we also were zeiches several times to walk to Rabbeinazal. And Rabbeinazal writes, take a look in Likut HaLochis, in Hilchas Yibum and Chalitza, where there it talks about the ceremony that's done by a woman removing the shoe, <coughs> whole process, and there Rav Zal, that's one of the places in Likut HaLochas where Rav Zal speaks about the importance of the feet. We know there's a Pasuk in Shira Shirim where the Pasuk says, Mayafu Olim. Hashem says how beautiful are the steps that you take with your shoes. And the, the Medrash, the Gemara expound that this refers to a person walking to shul, walking to the base Medrash. I, I remember when I met my Rebbe Rav Rosenfeld, I was a teenager at the time, and my parents lived, I believe, about four or five miles from where Rav Rosenfeld lived. And the person who introduced me to him, the person who brought me, <clears throat> told me that on Shabbos, he walks, he walks there to attend the shir. And we started doing it together. We would walk together, Baruch Hashem. And I remember that it, it felt like an Eden on those walks. There was a lot of important discussions. This friend who was older than me and knew more about Breslov than I did at the time taught me quite a bit on those walks. And again, I believe that the fact that we walked those miles, and sometimes the weather was better and sometimes the weather was worse, I believe it had a, a, a lot to do with the connection that was made. And then at one point, Rav Rosenfeld moved a few miles further away. <clears throat> and then there were several times that I was to walk that, that distance on a Shabbos also. 
and, and again, felt that it was a tremendous privilege. When I got married, when I, actually, it, when I got engaged, one of the times when it was getting close to the time that I was going to be married, and I was going to be living in the same building where Rav Rosenfeld lived, so on one of those walks on Shabbos morning, <clears throat> when I was coming towards him, and he was, we were coming towards each other, and he saw me, and he looked, and he said, there's a pasuk, mi mono afar Yaakov. Who could count, who could evaluate the dust of Yaakov Avinu, meaning the dust of his feet, when, when he walks for a mitzvah? And he said to me at the time, mi mono afar is bigematria nasen. My name is Nasen Yaakov. He said, mi mono afar is Nasen Yaakov, with a smile. And then he said, but in Yitzhashem it'll be much better when you're married and you're living here. Meaning, there is definitely a certain benefit when a person travels, when a person has to walk to shul, to walk, to go to a shir, to a dvar Torah, every step that the person takes. We mentioned in a previous shir that Rabbi Nezal said, I would wish for myself to be zeichet to see the light of the footsteps that you take in coming to me. And at the same time, the last Mishnah, one of the last Mishnahs in Turkey, Ovois, one of the last Mishnahs, this Shabbos, we recited Perek Shishi in Pirkei Ovois, <coughs> which we do during the summertime. We say every Shabbos, we say a different Perek. One of the Mishnahs there, it says, someone asked Rabbi Yosip and Kisma, Rabbi, would you be willing to come and live in our neighborhood? And his response was, if you gave me all the money in the world, I'm only willing to live in a place of Torah. Meaning that a person should strive to live close to a good shul, a good yeshiva, a good group of people that are serving Hashem properly. There is a tremendous benefit of being in close proximity. But if a person is far away, if a person is distant, then could be part of that person's tikkun, is those footsteps, every step that a person takes to walk <coughs> to, the, to the tzaddik. Rav Nosan Zaleh's, to this, paragraph 329, I heard it told over in Rav Nosan's name that he was speaking about one of the people who would walk to him, and Rav Nosan said, imagine, if the Gemara says in Sanhedrin, page 96, that Nebuchadnezzar Horosha, the evil, wicked Nebuchadnezzar, because he took three steps to show respect for Hashem, he was to become the awesome king that he became and to achieve such a high level of wealth and fame and power. When a Jew walks to a tzaddik a few miles or more, imagine how much more so that Jew is Zechetu, a level of reward that we can't imagine. And Rav Zal says, it seems to me that he was referring to one of his students who lived in Travitsa, who used to walk many times from Travitsa to Breslov, which is a distance of about 85 miles. And once, Rav Zal says, I was standing by Rav when this person had arrived from Travitsa, and Rabbeinu Zal said, this person, whenever he's feeling a difficulty in serving Hashem and coming close to Hashem, he picks himself up and he walks to me. 
And Rav Nassau said, I understood that Rav had an incredible respect and appreciation for this. Also, one time, on one occasion, when one of Rav young followers from the city of Nemerov passed away, and Rav said in praising this, this student, he said this student also, whenever he felt a difficulty in serving Hashem, that he was struggling in some way, he would walk from Nemerov to, to come to Rav Any questions, please? Paragraph 330. Rabbein Hazal said, I have the ability to make all of you into complete awesome tzaddikim. Meaning, to force the issue in a sense. To take away your free choice to a degree <clears throat> and push you to that kind of level. But Rabbein Hazal said, so what? If, if I were to do that, then it would be like Hashem serving himself. <clears throat> Meaning that Rabbi Nassau wanted us to put effort into, to put our own effort into learning and davening and doing mitzvahs and overcoming our challenges and not that Rabbi Nassau should do everything for us. And Rabbi Nassau said, I heard that Rabbi Nassau spoke about this on different occasions. And he stressed, he once said, that I could inject a fear into you, into a person, to the point where the person would, would just about lose their mind. They, they would go completely out of their kalim, out of their vessels, from, from fear. And one of Rabbein students actually once asked Rabbein to give him yira, to give him this fear. And Rav Nosson Zal says, I believe it was Rav Shimon Zal, who was one of the oldest students of Rav Zal, who met Rav Zal when Rav Zal was 13 years old. And Rav Zal had, had told him that he has the ability to infuse the person with such a level of yira. But Rav Zal said that that's not really what Hashem is looking for, because that person will get that yira, the person will go out of their mind. And this person still was yearning. He wanted to taste that. He wanted to experience that. So sure enough, the person left Rabbi Nezal, and suddenly this uh, an incredible level of yira, of fear, overtook him, and he started screaming with, in, in a way that was unheard of, like, that he never screamed like that, to the point where it looked like he was going to lose himself completely. And Rav Nosanzal said this continued until the following morning. The next morning, he came to Rav Nosanzal, and, and Rav Nosanzal asked him, did you experience that era? And he said, yes, but I, I don't want it anymore. And he pleaded with Rav Nosanzal to take it away from him, and sure enough, Rav Nosanzal did, and he came back to his norm. Rav Nosanzal also said to someone, if I would pass my hand over your eyes, you would be able to see incredible things. But I don't want that. I want you to work. I want you to do what you can to bring yourself close to Hashem, to put in the effort 
in toiling, in Torah, in Tefillah, in Mitzvahs, in Meis, and Toivim. And Rav Nosanzal says, Rav once told me a similar thing. That if, Rabbein, if Hashem wanted to serve himself, he wouldn't need you. Meaning that the tzaddik has the ability to, to draw the will of Hashem into a person, to give the person complete support in serving Hashem, even if that person doesn't deserve it at all whatsoever based on their own merit. Still, the tzaddik has the ability to activate Hashem's kindness to such a point that, that Hashem will bring the person close, Hashem will draw the person close to him, even though the person doesn't really merit this on their own. But Rabbein Ezzel said, but it's important that, that Hashem not do everything. Hashem definitely wants us to participate, to put in some of the effort. Like the Gemara says, Hashem says, give me an opening like the size of a needle hole and I'll open it wide like the, the size of a, a large hole. One more part to this statement. <clears throat> Rav Nosanzal says, Rav once told me that you, without me, cannot succeed. Cannot really succeed meaning without the benefit of Rabbein Azal's guidance and advice. But Rabbein Azal said, but I, without you, also cannot accomplish anything. Meaning that Rabbein Azal was implying that the tzaddik cannot really help the person unless the person puts in a certain effort to be able to receive that help. Meaning that that which is expected from me, from the student, Rabbi Nezal doesn't want to do all of that, can't do all of that without my putting in some of that initial effort, even though, even though in reality, all of it is coming from him. Meaning that Hashem and the Tzadikim, they're the ones who are really, really doing everything that's needed to bring us close to them. However, however, while we're living in this world, we need to show some willingness, some effort to be doing, to, to try to push ourselves, to motivate and inspire ourselves to do, even though we need to know deep down in our minds and hearts that it's very possible that that effort that we are making is also coming from Hashem and coming from the Tzaddik. It's the tzaddik's tefillahs that are giving us the energy and the desire and everything that it takes for us to be motivated to do our part in coming close to Hashem. Any questions, please? We'll hold it over here for now. Rabbi Nassim, on the yes. subject of... Uh, oh, uh, the fear... The era you're talking about, because it's such a, it's such a, almost mysterious thing. I mean, we know the word respect or the word awe, different words for it. But in 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 in, in the world where there's so many neurotic fears, secular kinds of fears, this this concept of fear has a bad rap. Respect doesn't, I don't think. But in terms of cultivating 
being mm-hmm. oneself, this kind of era and making progress in that. Why is it that? Um, well, actually, could you just speak about? Like, yes, yes. The answer is that the Torah teaches us that fear, fear and awe can be healthy if it's in the right medium and if it's, if it's applied to the right place, if it's applied to Hashem, if it's applied to the Torah, to Tamidei Chachamim, to one's elders. There, the fear and fear of consequences and awe can be healthy. But, but there again, it's important that a person get it from the Torah and get it from the guidance of tzaddikim. They are the masters of fear of Hashem and love of Hashem, and they can teach us how to have this in a good, healthy manner, in a good, healthy manner where it's beneficial to the person. It's when people have misplaced fears or the wrong amount of fear, that kind of thing, that's when it's unhealthy and dangerous and harmful. It's very timely that today is Sunday, and this week, Wednesday, is Erev Rosh Chodesh Elul, and Thursday and Friday are the two days of Rosh Chodesh Elul. And Elul is the final month of the year. And, and the, the Hasidish Isforum write that Hashem gives the month of Elul the value of the entire year. That if a person tries to put in a sincere effort to be better, to be to improve during the month of Elul, Hashem will credit the entire year in a positive way. And we're told that from Rosh Chodesh Elul <clears throat> till Yom Kippur, there's 40 days, and those 40 days are called Yemei Ratzayim. Ratzayim means goodwill, desire, where again, Hashem wants to see our goodwill. He wants to see that we want to come close to Him. And each and every single person has to search within themselves and pray, what can I do? What can I increase a little bit? What can I improve a little bit in my relationship with Hashem, in my relationship with my fellow men during this final month of the year, preparing for Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and, and to close the year on a good note. We should be zechet to have the desire, the goodwill, the ratzayim, to, to improve and to please Hashem, to please the tzaddikim, and in that zechus to merit the final geula, the building of the Beis Hamikdash, the coming of Moshiach, Amen.